Hello, everybody. <clears throat> I'd like to welcome especially those who are here for programs at the Expanding Light and uh, or at our meditation retreat, and as well those of you who are viewing online. As you can see, we're in the Expanding Light Temple. And I have to say, a couple weeks ago, I had this pang of nostalgia, uh, not to at all compare with the Temple of Light, but we've shared so much here of spiritual experience and revelation and just the joy of, of being spiritual family together. And that's what I was holding in my heart. And so I don't think I magnetized it by any means, but here we are. We're in the Temple of Light, uh, in the expanding light. So. Okay, I'm going to read from uh, Rays of the One Light, and these are uh, weekly commentaries by Swami Kriyananda. And this uh, week is 35, and it's Who Are the True Christians? Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. Jesus Christ said in chapter 10 of the Gospel of St. John, All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Many Christians, not surprisingly, quote this saying in condemnation of other spiritual teachers, not only the Old Testament prophets, but also Buddha, Krishna, and others who lived before Jesus, as well as by inference, any who came after him. Yet Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 5, Think not that I am come to destroy the law, or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Nowhere do we find Jesus condemning or even gently criticizing other spiritual masters. His criticisms were reserved for worldly attitudes and for those hypocritical Pharisees who had allowed religion to become for them a pretense. Paramahansa Yogananda explained that the expression, all that ever came before me, referred to those spiritual teachers who placed their egos and their self-importance ahead of the Christ consciousness, in the sense of drawing people's devotion to themselves and not offering it where alone it truly belongs to God. Yogananda himself was very firm in this regard. For example, he never spoke of anyone as his disciple. Instead, he always insisted, they are God's disciples. God is the guru, not I. Ego is a way station on the soul's journey toward enlightenment. The soul is first trapped in lower bodily forms. Slowly, it evolves to the human level, at which point self-consciousness appears. <clears throat> 
Only in human form can self-consciousness transcend material form altogether, including the lower identity of ego-consciousness, and discover the true divine self within. Self-consciousness manifested as ego is an incentive to deliberate self-development. Later in this process of development, however, the ego becomes an obstruction. Inevitably, new spiritual aspirants do not emerge effortlessly from the vortex of ego consciousness. Desire must be offered up resolutely and ever more wholeheartedly on the altar of infinity. It is a gradual process and few even among those who seek to help others are free of ego. If however their motive in teaching is not to serve but to be served, they deserve a, a severe reprimand as Jesus gave them. For their direction of development is no longer upward but downward. In the name of giving up desires, they are creating new ones. As it says in the Bhagavad Gita in the third chapter, desire obscures even the wisdom of the wise. Their relentless foe it is, a flame never quenched. Intellect, mind, and senses, these combined are referred to as the seat of desire. Desire through them deludes and eclipses the discrimination of the embodied soul. O Arjuna, discipline your senses, and having done so, work to destroy desire, annihilator of wisdom and of self realization. Give God the credit for everything you do. See him as the true doer. Thus through Holy Scripture God has spoken to mankind. like to welcome you. We actually have you know, standing room only or sitting room only again, so back to the good old days. <laughs> um, if any uh, guests would like to get a seat, some of the community members can give you a seat and we can migrate out if you want to move up. So um, my name is uh, Nayaswami Ananta. This is Nayaswami Maria. I would like to read a passage from Whispers from Eternity which is uh, a book of prayers and poems from Paramahansa Yogananda. This is the prayer demand to the holy vibration for omnipresence. O holy vibration, boom on the shores of my consciousness. Break the limiting boundary of my body consciousness. Reverberate through my body, mind, and soul, through my surroundings, 
through all the cities and lands of the earth, through all the planets, throughout the universe, and every atom particle of creation. Unite my consciousness with thy cosmic consciousness. The uh, topic today was who are the true Christians? And um, Swamiji talks about the soul which is encased by the ego and desire and attachment and the huge, huge soul which has no limit and which is a part of this universe is gradually tied to the little body and we find seven billion people on the planet thinking that they are just a body, just an old body, just a female body, just a male body, just a unemployed body, just a college dropout, just a on and on, definitions. But when we look at the overall foundation of the universe, um, we find in both the Western tradition, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. In India, we say Sat Tat Om. Sat is God the Father, beyond the creation, formless, holding the vibration in pure form of silence, of wisdom, peace. And then within the creation, we have the Divine Mother manifesting this amazing physical reality, astral reality, causal reality. But all of those are differentiated. And within that creation, Master said that the sun, the tot of the Hindu trinity, is the perfect reflection of the Father within the creation. And that's the Christ consciousness. It's not Jesus the man. It's not Krishna the man. It's not Buddha. It's not any of the masters who come. It's not any of the avatars. But they do give form to the Father within creation. That's Christ consciousness. Jesus had it. Jesus expressed it. Repeatedly, the avatars come because Swami pointed out it's really hard to deal with cosmic consciousness in a vague sense. What would it look like? What would it behave like? What would it do? What are we supposed to do? Swami Kriyananda used to point out repeatedly that Jesus did not come to show how great he was. He came to show us how great we could be if we would be attuned to that. And Swamiji would repeat that. The other part of that, of course, is we think, well, Jesus didn't come to show how great he was, but we can't be that great. It's another leap to cosmic consciousness. And we want to step away from it. Remember the story where Swami Kriyananda played the part of Jesus in a tableau in Los Angeles? And uh, 
master complimented him when he came back to Mount Washington. He said, hey, people thought you, um, you, know, you really looked like Christ. And because uh, he had a beard. <laughs> and, uh, and Swami Kriyananda said, well, I uh, would rather be like Christ than to look like him. And Master said, that will come. Very confidently, very assuredly, Master and Avatar said, that will come. And he would say it to each one of you, here and on the internet, in your, in your room. <laughs> he would say that same thing. Because that's the reality, is the Christ consciousness is the destiny of all sentient beings. The encasing of the ego and the attachments to being the self-definitions that we've concocted are, in the last analysis, part of the maya. They're part of the veils of separation, which is a part of this universe. The avatars don't have the veils. They've vanished the veils of light and shade. They're in the samadhi. They're in oneness. They realize the self. A tiny bubble of laughter, I become the sea of mirth itself. That is our destiny. But Christ consciousness is beckoning us, and it's driving us, and it's driving this creation to form into solar systems and planets and the evolution of life on Earth and other planets and to flowers to become more beautiful and more complex and for us to be disciples and truth seekers. It comes from the impulse of the memory within ourselves that we are Christ conscious. We, I and my Father are one. We have to understand when Christ talked that he didn't have an ego. He didn't have, Master said for an avatar, an ego is like a, a coat on a warm day. You put it on and you have to get used to it. Oh, I'm Yogananda this time. Okay, I'm this outgoing, loving uh, avatar. I'm going to go to the West and help people realize the self. Okay, that's my mission. I'll play it. Well, Christ. They see that form. Christ saw he had the Son of Man. He had to play out his part. But he also saw, I and my Father are one. And he saw each of us as one with the Father. And that is the Christ consciousness. Who are, Christ, who are the true Christians? Everyone who seeks that. Everyone who looks for that. Who are the true Christians? The Buddhists are true Christians because they're seeking the Christ consciousness, the Krishna consciousness, the Buddha consciousness. All the avatars clothed the Christ consciousness in a given personality, in a given place and time, relevant to what man needed. And they come, as it says in the Festival of Light, in response to our desire to be free and to get out of this round of suffering that is the material universe. And so we're the true Christians because you came today and you watched on the internet. I mean, you could have watched a football game, but you said, no, I want to know about Christ consciousness. I want to know who the true Christians are. And Jesus said, 
and, and in this reading, Swami quotes Master. He said, anyone who comes between the Christ consciousness and the truth seeker, they're thieves and robbers. They're taking the love that we all have for the Christ consciousness. We intuitively know that Christ and the Buddha and Krishna and Yogananda and the saints of all religions have what we want. We intuitively know that. And we strive for it. But we get discouraged. Maya comes in there consciously trying to push us away from that high measure of the quest, of the path. And it tries to push us away. So how do we become better Christians? What do we attain? What are we trying to attain? What we're trying to do, as Christ said when he sent the Holy Spirit, which is the own vibration, he says, the comforter will come bringing all things to your memory. This whole maya is just a case of amnesia. We've forgotten that we're divine. We've forgotten that we're one with the Father. We've forgotten that thou and I are one. So how do we remember? Well, spiritual practice. That's why Paramahansa Yogananda and the great masters of every religion, the great avatars, come and give us teachings because Maya is tricky. People don't set out to be self-conscious, pompous Christian televangelists. <laughs> they set out to be disciples of Christ. And the Maya just kind of just gets you a little teeny bit, and oh, well, that would be okay. That would be okay. I could, I could take a little money from me, it would be okay. I need a bigger house. I need $40,000 doghouse, you know, whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> That was a long time ago. Many of you don't remember it, but it was, it was classic. <laughs> it was a minister who had, uh, on his IRS statement, he had a $40,000 doghouse. Uh, anyway, um, the, the consciousness that we're after is there and it's beckoning us. And it's the reason that you're on the path. It's the reason that you're a truth seeker. It's the reason that you're watching this video at home. Because inside of each of us, the Christ consciousness is a memory. And we remember this isn't enough. This isn't enough. I was talking to one of the interns, a young lady, and one of the other interns asked her, why'd you come here? Why'd you take this program? And she said, I have felt for years there's something missing in my life. Got it. <laughs> it's Christ consciousness. It's why we turn to seek the truth because we remember that Christ came to show us how great we are. We remember that the truths, when people hear Yogananda speak, when they hear the Buddha speak, when they hear uh, any truth-sharing person speak, there's something that they remember. That's the truth. I know it. And the masters give us specific teachings. Paramahansa Yogananda gave us some techniques that are very, very helpful. And they may help you be a true Christian. One of them is energization exercises. Energization exercises are a set of uh, exercises. They're actually a pranayama. But they help us to lift the veil that says, I am this body, and 
Instead, they substitute the reality, I am energy operating through this body. They are a wonderful technique, which you can learn and practice, and help you to realize, I am the energy. What energy? I am divine energy. I am the Christ consciousness. So practice energization exercises. It may be very helpful. Meditation is the practice of concentrating on some aspect of the divine. The divine is formless. Christ is consciousness. Christ is formless. But the attributes, the aspects of God are light and sound and joy and divine love and peace, calmness, energy, wisdom. Meditation is the practice of focusing and becoming absorbed in that level of reality, which is right behind this veil of duality. And so meditation is a wonderful practice. The mantra that we teach as the first meditation technique is Hong Sa, I am spirit. And you can learn that from any, uh, you can learn it online through the ananda.org and you can learn it from ministers and meditation teachers and anyone who's taken medita Ananda meditation teachers training. Uh, but it's a, it's a very simple mantra, but it's a practice of relaxing and suspending the self-definition, I am this body, I am 67 years old, I am this weight, I am this occupation, I am he. Beyond the form, beyond the body, beyond the occupation, I am spirit. I am he. I am the father. I and my father are one. I am he. And it's relaxing into it. When you practice Hong Sa, try to relax more deeply. Try to relax more deeply. <laughs> try to relax so deeply that you don't remember you have a body and there's just watching the breath. I am he. I am that Christ consciousness. I am divine love. I am that cosmic consciousness that's animating this world. That makes you a better Christian because you realize I and my Father are one. And as Yogananda said to Kriyananda, that will come. Take that inside and feel that Yogananda is saying that to you or your guru is saying that to you. That will come. That's where we're going. Hold on here. Hold on to the guru's hand. True. But we're going to a place where the body and the self-definitions are gone. And I am he. I am that spirit. Practice Hong Sa with devotion. Practice Hong Sa with the love for the cosmic consciousness, for Christ consciousness that got you here. It's really a great blessing to be interested in spirituality. It's really a great blessing. It's a lot of good karma has gone by to get you here. Uh, and Thank God for that. Thank the Divine Mother for that, that it made sense to you. That when you heard Kriyananda talk, you thought, I like this guy. What's, I wonder if he wrote any books. <laughs> I used to hear him on, a, on, a, on the radio, and I just hear this guy talking about yoga. And I thought, 
this, is, this guy's good. I gotta find out more about this Swami Kriyananda. He's good. Because I could feel, I could resonate. This was a man of truth sharing truth. There are other saints, wonderful. Any saints that give you inspiration. We pray to saints of all religions because they're all pushing us and inviting us at the same time. Come on, come into this light. I'll tell you a story about Saul of Taurus. Some of you know it, some of you don't. So Jesus died and resurrected himself and there started to be Christians. And Christians were starting meditation groups and sanghas and they were teaching Hong Sa and they were, they were trying to be on the internet but they couldn't, it wouldn't be invented for 2,000 years so it was really frustrating. So Saul of Taurus didn't like these Christians. So he got the okay to go round them up and have them arrested and they could be executed. So he was going to Damascus, Syria. You all know Damascus, Syria. We have the same old stuff going on there 2,000 years later. But he's charging down the road and he's riding on his horse with a couple of buddies and they're going to go find some Christians and they're going to lock them up, get them tried, get them in jail, get them executed. He gets knocked off his horse by a light and he hears a voice that says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Well, sitting on his dirt path, sitting at the base of the horse, he doesn't know what to think. His two buddies heard the voice. They saw the light, but they didn't hear the voice. And in other versions, they saw, heard the voice, but didn't hear the light. It's 2,000 years, a lot of revision in the history books, but that's okay. Saul is blind now. He can't see anything. He doesn't know what to think. So his buddies take him to a house, and uh, they're, you know, they don't know what to think. And another Christian named Ananias, is he, Jesus appears to him. And he says, Ananias, go over to where the Saul is and fix him up. So Ananias is scared. He doesn't want to go over to where Saul is because Saul's occupation is killing Christians. <laughs> Ananias is a good Christian, so he, he's kind of in a dilemma here. But he decides, uh, I'm going to go. So he goes because he's a good disciple and he has faith in Christ. And he goes there and he tells Saul how he got knocked off his horse and why he got knocked off his horse. And then he goes over and blesses him at the spiritual eye. And this is, takes three days for Ananias to get there, and Saul can see again. Saul is now St. Paul, and you know the rest of the story. He's now a disciple of Christ. And I was thinking about this, because there's so many sincere Christians. This guy is out killing Christians, and the guru comes and says, Hey, Paul, what's up with this? What, what are you doing? And he blesses him and he gives him darshan and he gives him shaktipat and through an Ananias. And Master said, as you, some of you know, in the autobiography of a yogi, uh, Master said that Paul's uh, letter by grace of Christ I die daily meant that Paul went into samadhi. And in the footnote in the autobiography, Master said that uh, St. Paul practiced Kriya or a technique very much like it, which he received, I guess, from Peter or the other disciples. So 
maybe you're not the greatest disciple, <laughs> but if you're not out killing Creobonds, <laughs> there's hope for you. <laughs> and Master Jesus come and just knock you off your horse, give you a bright light, three days of blindness, and then om, 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 go out and be St. Paul. And he, I mean, he started a lot of meditation groups. This guy's out there. You know, we don't have anything on Paul, but it's that, it's that grace. And, and then, of course, you know, I also thought of, if there's no law of karma, how come a guy who's trying to kill Christian gets the blessing of the guru and gets initiated? Anyway, we'll leave that for another topic. <laughs> how are we going to be better Christians? Practice Hong Sa, practice with devotion. Try to enter the Christ conscious state when you meditate. And uh, Master gave us another technique for this. Master said if you want to tune into a saint, if you have a picture of the saint, look at the saint's eyes. Try to feel yourself with that saint. Try to feel their consciousness and try to absorb their consciousness as your own. This is what we do with the pictures of the masters. When you look at Sri Teshwar, when you look at Lahiri Mahasaya, when you look at Master, Krishna, Christ, the Buddha, try to feel that you're there that you're Christ conscious, what would it feel like? How would you see the world? How would you see your coworkers? How would you see your ex-wife? You know, what would it look like if you saw the world the way Master saw the world? It's really thrilling. We were listening to, uh, last night to a tape of Rajasheed Nakananda, and he's talking, this is after Master's past, and he's talking about his consciousness, and he lived in the presence of the masters. There was one meditation, I'm sure that Swami Kriyananda was at this, but Rajasi says in the tape, I was meditating with the boys right before I came up here. Well, the boys are the monks. So that's Swami Kriyananda, head monk, and his brothers. And he said, and Sri Teshwar appeared to me. Cool. <laughs> this is good, isn't it? Well, Sri Teshwar can appear to you in your meditation, or just in a formless state. What Rajasi said is not that he f saw him, but that he felt his consciousness was his own. That Rajasi felt that Sri Teshwar's consciousness, the Jnana Avatar's consciousness, was his own. Meditate with that. When you meditate, look at the Guru, but internalize it. Remember, Christ didn't come to show how great he was. He came to show how great you could be, how great you are in reality. The duality is the veil. The reality is that I and my Father are one. We each need to develop a self-definition in which we are the guru. We are the goddess. We are one with the master. We need to, you, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, just when you go home, try to live in that consciousness that you are powered by the Christ consciousness, that you're, the love that you feel for your friends is the divine love flowing through you, that the kindness of the masters is flowing through you, that the grace and beauty, the beauty that you exhibit is the beauty of the divine flowing through you, that this entire universe is a manifestation of cosmic consciousness, of Christ consciousness. 
That's a very different way than sitting in the ego and judging everything. I like this. I don't like that. I don't like her. I don't like this. She did the wrong thing. Uh, 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 uh. Much better is, this is the Christ consciousness. It is flowing imperfectly through this person, but it is powered by this person. That's the way Christ saw everything. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Holy Toledo. He's being crucified, and that's what he says? That's his consciousness. Master said that was the greatest miracle that Christ performed because it was supposedly happening to him. But he's not there. He's not that body. He's not Jesus. He's the entire universe. And you're the entire universe. Live in that. See this universe through the eyes of the Master within you. Open your heart to me, and I will enter and take charge of your life. Let that go, go through in your work, in the successes that you have. Just feel, wow, this is God. This is God making the Living Wisdom School. This is God making the Temple of Light. This is God giving us the permit for the Temple of Light. This is God raising the funds for the Temple of Light. This is the reality. This is the Ananda Sangha. This is Ananda.org. This is my little preschool. This is my kids growing up. This is my marriage. This is my job. But it's kindness. It's divine love. It's sweetness. It's an improvement of the human condition on your silly little farm, in your silly little auto shop. It's not a silly little auto shop. It's an altar to the divine. Everything that we do is part of this. That's how the masters see it. That's how Rajasi saw it. That's how we have to see it. We're Christ conscious. We're the true Christians. And all beings who seek truth are true Christians. None of this smallness. There's no room for that. It's so Kali Yuga, we're done with it. <laughs> we're in that joy. It's all divine love. When you meditate, thank God. When you pray to the masters, when you practice Hong Sao, if you have an initiation, if you have Kriya, if you have Om, try to do it with love. Try to feel Om flowing through you. Try to feel Om is creation, preservation, dissolution. Akar ukarmakar. It's everything that's happening. It's the divine mother of the universe. Feel that that's flowing through you. That's everything. Everything in this universe. That's how the masters see life. It's a wonderful way to live. Let's live that way. Om. Lord Most High, our Heavenly Father, all our lives we dedicate to Thee. All our labors, all our joys and woes, all our pleasure, all our melody. Make us each a channel of thy peace. When in darkness, guide us from Oh.
last verse with us. Make us each a channel of thy peace. When in darkness, guide us from above. Where there's sorrow, may we sow thy joy.